When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Say goodbye to the food police and hello to peace. Welcome to the Love Food Podcast, hosted by dietitian and food behavior expert, Julie Duffy Dillon. This authentically engineered series is in the form of a love letter, welcoming you to reconnect with food. Now pour a cup of coffee or a margarita and let's begin. And welcome to episode 110 of the Love Food Podcast. I'm Julie Duffy Dillon, registered dietitian and partner on your food peace journey. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for connecting today. Have you gotten the impression that all of the attention on body positivity and self-love looks like once you do all that, you finally get thin? I don't know about you, but that's kind of the vibe I'm getting. And someone who is working in, I guess, the body positivity type of arena, I consider myself a weight-inclusive, body-positive dietitian. I don't see it that way. I also call myself fat-positive. What that means is that our bodies can look however the hell they want to look, and they are going to experience health in so many different ways. But somehow, and for some reason, well, not really some reason, I think it's fat phobia, but for many different reasons, the body positive and self-care kind of industry have given us this impression that if we do it right, we will finally be thin. We have a letter that I'm excited for you to hear. And with this letter comes a content warning. This letter writer is describing her relationship with food and body that includes sexual abuse. And so she does mention that experience in the letter. So I just wanted to give you that heads up. But she also is frustrated because, newsflash, she's not as thin as she wants, and so she doesn't love her body. So what is she supposed to do? Does that mean she's doing it wrong? In this episode of the Love Food Podcast, we get to speak with two people. One is a dietitian, her name is Julie Church, and the other is a therapist, her name is Kara Bozzi, and they're out of Seattle at Opal Food and Body Wisdom Treatment Center. And they are going to dive into this letter and discuss some possible solutions and some direction for this person to go. Before we get to this episode's letter, a word from our sponsor. 
This episode is brought to you by my PCOS and Food Peace course. If you experience PCOS and want to make peace with food, you may have been told at some point that you can't, that you always have to diet, you always have to restrict carbs, or follow some torturous diet. And I am here to tell you that is absolutely not true. I have helped hundreds of women make peace with food as they're experiencing PCOS and promote health at the same time. I know you can too. I will be opening up enrollment for my PCOS and Food Peace course in April. You can get on the wait list so you'll be the first to know when it opens up again for enrollment by going to pcosandfoodpeace.com. If you enjoy this episode of the Love Food Podcast, I would really appreciate it if you could leave a rating or review or share the episode with someone you think would benefit from it. Doing these types of acts of kindness are really just small little bits out of your day, but they really help more people find the show and help it grow. So thank you in advance for anything you can do to spread the message of love food. All right, enough of that. Let's get to our episode slip. Dear Food. I have learned so much by listening to your letters to other people who have written in. I understand intellectually all the ways you have been helpful to me and why I should value you. In fact, my relationship with you today is very peaceful because I do not think of you as good or bad, and I enjoy you. What I do not enjoy is being in a body that is bigger than I feel comfortable with. I remember how I used to starve myself all day as a 10-year-old in order to hide my developing body. When I would come home from school starving from not eating all day, only to experience sexual abuse, you were there to comfort me as I raided the cupboards. Later, when the abuse I lived with at home took a turn for the worse as my body was offered to more predators, you were there to distract me as I alternatively starved myself, overate, hated my body, and purged multiple times a day. When I left that at home, I magically stopped purging, but never healed my relationship with you or my body. It was always too fat. Though I never was considered overweight, I was always 15 pounds away from being perfect. Strangers and friends would reinforce this belief. You are so pretty, but you would be better if you lost 15 pounds, I heard more than once. And as a dance major at a university, Being in front of mirrors all day just made me focus on my perceived imperfections even more. When stress turned my digestion to a disaster, I always had stomach aches and could empty my bowels six plus times a day. I, of course, thought you were to blame or my lack of control over you, and I just hated myself for not figuring you out. 20 years later, when I finally had the time and space to deal with the trauma of my childhood, which I had repressed to survive— I finally got to the body I always wanted. I lost my appetite for you as I processed years of pain and terror, and the side effect was my magic number and a slender body. I was in the most pain emotionally and physically as I dealt with my past, but I looked good, and I was constantly told I had an enviable body. It was ironic and not lost on me. It has been a few years since I made as much peace as possible with my past history of the words of my therapist, who is an expert with people with sexual trauma, the worst case of abuse she has ever heard. And my body is heavier than ever. I'm X amount of pounds bigger than my magic number. While I should feel free, 
unburdened, and optimistic, I am distracted every minute of the day by this uncomfortable body. Can I ever make peace? Signed, why can't I be happy? Thank you so much for your note, letter writer. It means a lot to me. And actually reading your words lets me know that you're hopeful that there is more to this, that there is another way to go to help continue to heal your relationship with food in your body. I am going to go ahead and give a call to some colleagues of mine. One is Julie Church. She's a dietitian, and the other is Kara Bazzi. She's a therapist, and they're both out of Seattle, Washington. Let's hear what they have to say. Hi, Julie. Hey, Julie. How's it going? Good. How are you doing? I'm great. Is Kara with you too? Yes, I'm here too. Hey, Kara. Thank you so much, you two, for joining me and um, you know giving me your precious time to help me answer this letter. Did you get a chance to um, read through it yet? Yes, couple times, couple times. Taking it in over the weekend. Awesome. Oh, good. I know. And seriously, did your heart go out to this person when you were reading it? Yes. Yes. That's one of the reasons I invited Kara along as you'll get to hear her wisdom as a therapist in the mix here. So for sure, for sure. Yes. And I'm so glad, you know, and I feel like for so many people working with a dietitian and a therapist is not only like, I don't know, it's not an extravagance. It's like a necessity. Mm -hmm. It's such an important part. So I'm glad that both of you are here to help us with this. So, so when the two of you, um, I don't know, as we talk about it, just both of you chime in however you want. But when you read through this letter, what was your general impression about what this letter writer is going through? Like what's going on with this person? Yeah. Well, I I think this is Julie <laughs> talking. Um, and you know, yeah, for from my standpoint, when I read through it, I did, I kind of had that that deep feeling of of the reality of how complex our relationship with food and body can be. And there's so many factors that impact each of us when we come to want to understand it better or come and seek help around it. So I, I think my first, honestly, my first like thought and reaction was just admiration for this letter writer and just a lot of um, respect for the work that they have put in both in seeking the help that they did and in continuing to pursue the hope and the possibility that life can bring and with all the various circumstances that life throw at us. So that, that the sense of admiration uh, and respect was, was one of the, the strongest feelings I had. I did too. That is certainly what I was experiencing. I was like, this person really, she was clinging on to like whatever she could just to like get through each day and so much respect for finding the resources necessary in order to survive. Yeah. And to me, you know, beyond the admiration that Julie's speaking of, I think this is Kara. Um, what highlights for me is just for, you know, when someone goes through a recovery process and all the incredible work and recovery they can have, just how difficult it is to shift one's relationship with their body. Um, and just the, the gravity of, um, how much body hatred can be a part of 
somebody's life and preoccupation and, and the sadness that comes with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, re- the reality and the sadness of um, how difficult it is to change one's relationship with their body at a, at a much more fundamental, deep level. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, when I was reading it, I was getting the sense where like, this person was almost like, this is it. Like, I've done all the work I can. And my body's not what I want it to be. <laughs> this is yeah. this is it. Like it's never gonna be gonna be right. I'm never gonna be happy with it. Or I don't know, but as I say that, I, I got a sense of hope that there is like this person is reaching out saying, I wanna be hopeful that I will make amends. I don't know if you got that same sense. Right. Well, and even to have written this letter, right? Mm-hmm. To have um kind of come to this position of 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 reaching out and saying, Is is this it? And can there be more, um, given all this great work that I've done to heal, um, that they're still seeking in this letter? Right. Yeah. That's that's exactly. I didn't I didn't even think about it in that way. But like, just the seeking to me is a sign that there's hope that there'll be kind of this um, place where they can feel more peaceful, at, at least at times, in the skin that they're in. Um, yeah. So you know, putting that all together, yeah. what do you? For either one of you, you know, what, Kara or Julie, like, what do you feel like are the first steps? And maybe there's, as a dietitian, Julie, maybe there's some first steps that you recommend. Yeah. And Kara, maybe there's some first steps that you'd recommend too. Um, what are some first steps that you think would help this person further cultivate that relationship with, with food that they're, um, food in their body rather, that they're mm-hmm. yearning for? So, I think one of the pieces that I was struck with that kind of helps me see what maybe is the next next phase of, of healing, uh, for this letter writer is, uh, the, the awareness that I hear in them a sense that they are actually quite proud of the way that they are relating to food, uh, right now, and that they do feel like they have grown so much. And I love the words at the end that they feel, uh, free and unburdened and optimistic in their relationship with food. And those are that is awesome. That is amazing. And I hear in that, that they, they probably in their day to day, if, if isolated from cultural messages and the biases that are out there about weight and health and bodies, uh, if they were isolated from that, I think in their day to day, they actually wouldn't feel as much discontent with their actual body, because I think they actually feel really it's to me, it sounds like they actually really feel like they are doing the self-care that comes through feeding themselves in the way that they have learned to know how to feed themselves and how to know their body and maybe their appetite and their food choices and their preferences and the foods that bring up goodness in them in them and the things that maybe don't. And I think I hear in that that they know how to care for themselves in their relationship with food. But the biggest barrier is that then they have to step into this really, really biased world that has way, way too strong uh, and and inaccurate views around the connection between weight and health and weight and self-worth and value. And so I think that in so many, I I wonder, right? I just, I guess I just wonder if, uh, if this letter writer has the belief that uh, being in a larger size body and having a, like a, competent uh, relationship with food and something they feel really proud of can be together and that they are not mutually exclusive. And I don't know if they've really wondered, like gone that far to really consider that, but that's, 
And I'm like, their self-care does not have to equal thinness. And that is what this world seems to continue to believe, that when we care for ourselves, our body is going to look a certain way. And so for her, I, I wonder if that's the next step, because I hear her free and unburdened and optimistic, and I just want her to live in this body. This body is okay, and it does not have need any apologies <laughs> in this world. Isn't that, isn't that the name of a book? Uh, my body is not a pol- an apology. <laughs> so like, exactly. I feel like so many people are in that place, like this letter writer is describing, where they think that they're doing it wrong. But really, like, you, I love what you just said, Julie, like self-care does not equal thinness. You know, she's doing all of the things that, you know, if she was working with a team, like someone like one of us, we would have encouraged her to do. And if we lived in this world that was not fat phobic, like she actually may like feel really empowered in the body she's in right now. So what do you, I, I what do you do in those moments? Like what are the what are what can someone do when they're like at this place where they're at the, the fork in the road? We're like, okay, so I'm recovering as much as I can into this world that hasn't yet. You know, what's next? Well, I I wonder about community. Um, how how much has she talked about the way that she experiences those feelings of bias and maybe some discrimination or just the experience of being in her body at different sizes in this world? Do the people close to her know that? Do the people um, in her world know that? I I just, and and then how how much, um, does it connect to some sort of anger and frustration about this world? And I think, uh, I I would assume, you know, her sense of being in her body um, is, is probably going to have lots of of twists and turns and ups and downs based on the ways that it has been disrespected physically um, in her with her trauma history. And so I just wonder, is there a way to engage that in more of the sociopolitical way um, to say like, yeah, I'm not going to be continually disrespected uh, and see if there's ways to advocate or just ways to look in the community to make change uh, that then would in turn, give her a safer community to live in and safer relationships to be in. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many of us who are fighting alongside this person for the same thing. And gosh, I hope they're connecting with other people because that I know for me, it feels so um, empowering to and gives me like the fuel to advocate more when I connect with those of you who are doing the same thing. So hopefully this letter writer can do that. So Kara, what about you? Like, is there Julie, I mean, you just went through like amazing <laughs> next steps, but I'm wondering if there's um, any other things that you would add to that, like for like next steps on this person's journey. Yeah, I think, you know, asking kind of the question of what is behind the body hatred for the letter writer and Julie spoke about the, the cultural piece. And then of course, you know, there's also this really big piece about um, the trauma history and, you know, where this letter writer did not experience their body as a safe place um, or being at home with their body. And so, you know, I, I think of some of the work we've done with our own clients that have had trauma history and body image um, hatred in our body image groups. And one of the things that we practice is um, beginning to shift from a more objectified relationship to one's body as a project fixed to a relational to a relational um, relationship with one's body, um, because a lot of times when there's when the when there hasn't been safety, there's a cutoff right between ourselves and our body. When there's there's so much anger and hatred, and so 
you know, one of the first steps that we ask our clients to do is just begin a more really more of a relationship. And we do um, one of the experiential works we do in our group is is actually letter writing. And we have our clients write a letter from themselves to their body and then a body, a letter from their body to themselves. And the point of this is to um, recognize just the importance of the communication and see the parallels between um, our intimate personal relationships and how that can be true of our relationships with our body where there's, you know, just the whole gamut of emotion um, in relationships, right? There's anger, there's disappointment, there could be love, there could be hope, there can be a whole range of emotion um, and to really explore those and let the body speak because, you know, body image doesn't change just through changing our cognitions. Um, that doesn't really work. It, it needs to be coming more from an embodied experiential place where um, we're doing more listening to the body and, and things that are a little bit more focused on the somatic work. So I don't know what this this letter writer has necessarily explored with their therapist, especially around the trauma, but that's where I would want to what, what direction I would want to take with them is, is just begin that relational work. Um, and, and, and really go more somatic. Mm, so cool. I feel like that would like just help get to that layer that this person is yearning for, you know, let's, let's, let's find a play, a way to make peace. And like, I, I think that's such an interesting way to do it. Like you said, in a relational way. So thank you for bringing that to us. And I am wondering if either one of you want to add something to our food peace syllabus. If you're new to the show, the food peace syllabus is this collection of resources like books and podcasts and blog posts, anything under the sun that we have found that further helps to cultivate a positive relationship with food and body. And um, Kara or um, Julie, is there anything that you would like to add to it? I would. Uh, one of the things we haven't mentioned is that this letter writer spoke about being a dancer and the environment she was in, um, in that, in that culture of dance. And so there is a YouTube video that I have found and I use when I, um, speak, uh, publicly, uh, and you can find it on YouTube and it's a Ted X women 2012 talk and it's Lynn hurdle price. And you can put the link below, but, uh, she speaks of, of her story with dance and coming to peace with her body and food. And uh, I think that it would uh, bring a lot of, of hope and possibility and inspiration uh, for this letter writer. Awesome. Yeah, we'll put all the links to that in the show notes. And if you're listening, you're like, wait, what did she say? <laughs> Just click the little artwork now and you'll get right to the link. <laughs> The other thing that came up for me in, in just this conversation was some of Isabel Fox and Duke's work. And she wrote um, an intro to body image work. And I'm imagining we can find that on the link. Yes, <laughs> um, I think we can too. We brought in, yes, we brought this We brought this article into our body image groups. And I think it's always been um, a good springboard for conversation about the, the oppression that we have in the culture and the external environment, right? That that um, eventually becomes internal oppression. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I you know, what want, had brought in. She um, Isabel was on the the podcast. She's a friend of the Love Food podcast, and I think it was episode sixty eight. And such um, important wisdom that she brings. Um, so yeah, we'll put a link to that blog post as well. So thank you. 
And one thing I know is that the two of you have, um, along with, I believe, two other people have started a new podcast. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. So uh, as you you listeners may or may not know, Kara and I co-founded an eating disorder treatment program in Seattle, Washington called Opal Food and Body Wisdom with one other colleague. And that was six years ago, which is crazy for us to think about. Um, But just this last season here, we decided to, to start a podcast and the name of the podcast is The Appetite. And the hope is that we just see so much uh, ama- so many amazing conversations and work that our clients are getting to do within the walls of eating disorder treatment. But really, these topics and the conversations, uh, the content of treatment is relevant for all of us on the continuum, right, with our own relationship with food and body. And so The Appetite is a conversational podcast among the three of us and then one of Opal's therapists, who is the host. And there, we'll having guests and things too, but um, just to be able to talk about movement and food and body and uh, the ways that hopefully it's accessible to those outside of, of those that struggle with actual diagnosed eating disorders, but just the everyday person and uh, how we all have ways to learn and grow in our relationship with those things. Oh, awesome. Well, I can't wait to listen and I'll put a link to it in the show notes too. So both of you, thank you so much for your time and your expertise and especially your compassion. I think you just gave this letter writer and anyone listening who can identify what what they are going through, some really important next steps to maybe try out. If someone wants to know more about the work the two of you are doing, what's the best way for them to find you? I think go into our website, which is at opalfoodandbody.com. Wonderful. Thank you. We'd love to be in touch and, and hear from folks. So Awesome. Sure. Well, we, well, thank you. And I know that um, Julie and Kara, both you bring so much wisdom to this kind of conversation. So I appreciate it and I appreciate your time. Well, keep up the work with your podcast. It's awesome. Thank you so much, Julie and Kara, for your wise and compassionate wisdom. I hope, Letter Writer, it has given you some next steps. Certainly, you have been through the ringer, and I hope it helps you give some next steps on your food peace journey. I see food is written back. Before we get to Food's Letter, this episode was brought to you by my PCOS and Food Peace course. If you would like to get on the wait list, go to PCOSandFoodPeace.com. If you enjoyed this episode of the Love Food Podcast, I would love it if you could leave me a rating review, if you could share it or subscribe. Doing any of those helps more people find the show and helps the show grow. All right, enough of all of that. Let's go ahead and hear what food has to say. Until then, take care. Dear, why can't I be happy? Let's sit for a moment. Our relationship on the outside has looked chaotic, pathological, messy, and not ideal. To us though, we were surviving the only way you knew how. Your healing journey is admirable. In your next phase of healing, know you can't love yourself thin. If only the world got this, Many around the world do. They get size diversity and fat phobia. Connect with that community. Continue to process your life experiences and know 
food peace will not feel like a destination. Rather, food peace is connecting to the permission to be where you need to be right now. Love food. Thank you for listening. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, and this is a Love Food Podcast. Do you want access to more food peace? Jump on over to my website and join my email list. There, I share exclusive content that I don't share anywhere else. Get access to these tips and strategies by going to juliedillonrd.com forward slash sign up. And I look forward to seeing you here next week for another episode of the Love Food Podcast. Take care. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.